Hello and welcome. Hit the record button. Mysteries of truth. Hello and welcome back to The Mystery of Truth with me, Jason. I hope everyone's well. This is episode 8 and we're going to be listening or looking at E.T.'s, the JFK assassination and Majestic 12, if anyone's heard of the Majestic 12. Now, any avid followers of uh, E.T., Close Encounters and that kind of um, genre, then you're more than likely aware of this uh, Majestic 12. And I was doing a bit of research on it and looking at some documentaries and you know reading bits and pieces up on the internet and all that kind of thing and you know really interests me to um because i suppose in other episodes most particularly um stephen uh, dr stephen greer's episode that i'd done and bob lazar there's been a lot of uh, talk or i was suggesting you know about this higher power who is this higher power we are, how do they get there and obviously looking at different situations and and this majestic 12 and and how it's impacted on the government it kind of puts two and two together a little bit and i will divulge into that and you know looking at the listeners so far and what you've been listening to and i know it's been a great interest in the dr steve greer episode that i've done um so just really want to go through uh, a lot more and and look at the in-depth stuff and and what i've researched now the majestic 12 a committee put together and its occurrence happened during the presidency of Harry Truman. Now he was president between 45 and 1953. And as we all know, and we've touched on before, Roswell occurred in 1947. And we also know that this was, you know, really downplayed and and trying to get it taken off the radar essentially so you know a weather vane or weather uh, apparatus up in the in the sky was was being used to um, judge uh, different chemicals in the atmosphere etc and it came plummeting down to to earth and that, that was what the debris was that was recovered but we've all got an idea that it more than likely wasn't so as a result of Roswell there was by executive order by the US President Harry Truman to facilitate recovery and investigations of the alien spacecraft spacecraft and basically appointed a committee of scientists and personnel to deal with you know interstellar activity and formed this committee which was known top secret by the way at the time was known as majestic 12 and it was to really um, you know, understand Ros- uh, the Roswell event and how they could deal with any future alien incursions. Now also in the same year, and this will probably sound like a massive coincidence, but in September 1947, the CIA was also formed. Coincidence or not? So... 
Majestic 12 essentially was a committee of scientists and you know uh, kind of high-end people that would be able to deal with and manage a situation that they found themselves in with Roswell particularly that could be top secret have the best brains in the business kind of all under one roof in one in one room and get into grips with what they'd recovered I, I would assume what was happening is there any initial threat to our human race and it was made up of some really quite uh, important people actually in, in history I would say in looking at what they've achieved over time so I'll, I'll give you um, I'd say probably like the top three in which I, I would that kind of really stand out names that really stand out so amongst them were the likes of Dr. Uh, Vannevar Bush, um, brilliant man, really. Uh, you know, very, very intelligent. He was uh, an inventor and invented lots of the first computer concepts. He was a physicist, a mathematician, and he had a huge impact on uh, certain, I would say, situations and uh, intelligence and technologies. Uh, that really impacted the world wars um, he was also involved in or had parts to play when it came to uh, nuclear bombs and nuclear development so in fact he was actually instrumental and a top authority for the NACA which was and later became NASA uh, NASA was formed in 1958 under President Eisenhower. So lots of things to do with space and, you know, that kind of thing. So, yeah, he really did fit the bill when it came to being in, in part of this Majestic 12 or M, MJ-12 as they'd call it. Also, there was the CIA's first director. Okay, so Majestic 12 or MJ-12 came about in 47 CIA was set up in 47 and Admiral Sidney Sowers which was basically Truman's right hand man he dealt with him on a daily basis anything to do with kind of national security um, you know particularly you know he's quite instrumental again in in the second world war so Truman trusted him in like with his life basically and and everything that goes around it so you know he had to be for him for for Truman he had to be the the front man for the CIA and also instrumental in MJ12 and then there was this other guy called Dr Donald Menzel and he was actually one of the first uh, theoretical astronomers and and astrophysicists in the United States now he's quite famous for being quite a big UFO debunker so he used to you know he would basically he wrote books on it and, and would say and, and try and come up with or, or or at least tell people the theory behind lots of UFO or most UFO sightings was merely like phenomena so you know it was like a, an obscure planet that you could see uh, in the night sky and depend on the chemicals in the uh, on the earth or going through the atmosphere at the time would obscure 
how it looked and it would look bigger than what it should do and, and you'd find that it looked like it was moving but it was really chemicals that were you know making this strange movement going through and, and that kind of thing and he wrote books on it and he said you know that basically to really because the the, 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 the job for the M, MJ-12 is to protect both the president and to also protect the public and anything that they found um, you know, so, so, so that certain superpowers couldn't get hold of technology, so that hysteria wasn't broken out to billions of people around the planet, because you know they, they it was really just to keep things really under wraps and and top 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 secret. And I mean, well, we'll we'll go into what extent this top secrecy had to had to get into. So you know that was ma- that was the main objective and. It's, you know, just to get everything out of the public eye. Now, as I've said, this was secretly organised committee and it wasn't actually revealed or, or was common knowledge until around the 80s, about 1984. Now, coincidentally, in the 80s is when Bob Lazar first came out publicly about Area 51. And then, you know, more and more people... Uh, started to to have the confidence or or wanted to come out and actually speak about their experiences and, and what they'd seen and you know maybe seeing the ufos and things like that maybe it was allowed to be a public thing i mean you think about now social media for instance i don't know i'll say 10 years ago people wouldn't put anywhere near as much information as what they do now about one their personal life or or things that they may have done or what you know what they believe you get disinformation coming up about all sorts of things if you think about the pandemic and you know how dangerous the vaccines can be and that type of thing so you know i think you know you get through stages and and when tv is getting more popular more channels and these revelations are coming about um you know people actually feared for their life when it came to to speaking about these kind of concepts and if you've ever watched anything on bob lazar you'll see that he's had some serious um yeah i'd say his exposure has caused him more grief than anything else but he feels that it's 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 public service to let us all know and and the scientific world to understand that there are more powerful things out there and and that we've not even touched the surface so how did it come to light in the 80s well as i've said top secret documentation there was this film um, apparently that was sent anonymously to a ufologist called Jamie um, Shandira and that led to himself and a couple of fellow ufologists to some other declassified documents that were available in the National Archive so as well as MJ-12 it became apparent that there were other documents that were present um, one of these documents was called Project Blue Book. And again, that was more of a documentation that was relating to um, investigations and sightings of UFOs all across the globe. And I mean, like, any recited report anywhere on the planet was more or less logged. And the reason for the logging was then for someone to basically determine at that time, place, uh, you know what 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 it was can we give an explanation to exactly what that was to kind of just say look that is not an un- unidentified flying object from interstellar you know galaxies it's not extraterrestrial life 
Now, and it, you know, it was also just kind of see what if this activity was actually going to be a threat to our planet. And apparently, in this Project Blue book, twelve over twelve thousand sightings were um, established or brought up or notified or logged or whatever you want to want to call it. And out of twelve, just over twelve thousand, out of all of those, only around about seven hundred, which is still quite a lot, I feel. Only a 700 were unexplained. So they just couldn't give you a definition as to what it was, whether people were, you know, because I've seen programs where people saying, yeah, yeah, I've seen a UFO up here come up here every week. I can see it all the time and trying to say that they can't explain it. And actually, when someone's done a full proper investigation, because they've been at a certain angle and a certain distance, and because the lights weren't flashing, it was one continuous light. Um, it turned out it was a pathway for uh, a landing of, you know, near an airport or some, something like that. So, you know, there are people that think, oh, yeah, it's 100%, you know, it's definitely UFOs when actually they're quite well explained. Now, I 100% I believe in UFOs and um, I'd love to be able to see them myself. But, you know, that'd be something we'll, we'll discuss in another episode. Um, so that was Project Blue Book. So following... Truman's presidency so thinking back now so Truman you know in in the 40s and early 50s obviously he was involved with a lot of things and you know a lot of changes were coming about and in in actual fact around World War II there were a significant rise in UFO sightings as well so obviously Truman's put together this MJ-12 and the CIA's form so you know Central Intelligence Agency and, and lots of secret operatives going about and you know the world's starting to change at this point you've got people like Hitler um, obviously trying to take over the the entire planet and um, you know if technology is advancing warplanes and um, you know lots going on with um, bomb creations and even up to the point where we're st starting to look at and scientists are starting to look at atomic bombs so you know we're really kind of advancing as a as a human race now Eisenhower then became president and I suppose when you get to that point I and I would say this probably happens to every president that once you kind of hand over the baton as it were you know you've got to be as, as the next president you need to know all the information you need to know everything that's going on you have to be debriefed on everything and I'd imagine this takes some months to kind of get to where you need to be and obviously with your new people in office they are you know obviously situated in different jobs and and it's down to them to get as much information as possible so you know they're discussing top secret projects etc and MJ-12 would have been mentioned for it, I'm sure, I'm sure of it. So how how he would have turned around and said about this MJ-12, well, you know, I'd imagine the conversation would have been, well, look, uh, yeah, I formed MJ-12, we've had X amount of um, sightings of this that, and the other, and we've done a recovery from Roswell, if this is 100% true, and, you know, I've got the head of our CIA agency, they're... they're um, He's one of the heads of the MJ-12. So basically, you let him deal with whatever the issues are and he'll report to you if there's anything you need to know. Like, I would imagine something along them lines. And, you know, the MJ-12 
their 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 only job really is to tell the president something if there was a threat to national security and i would think they withhold a lot of information to really protect the president as well to which he or she and it's obviously only been he's at the moment can then they they can only solely deny any responsibility because then they haven't been given all the detail so it kind of protects them slightly and it just gives this scope of protection however if you are one of the most powerful people on the planet yeah on the globe and you're being left out of the loop of exactly you know what you signed up for you know as the president of the united states of america you want to know everything right i mean you've you feel like you've earned that right to do so and and how can you if there's one huge element of something that could go disastrously wrong how could you ever fix that if you're not really given the opportunity to know what it what it was so you know truman he was right in the thick of things and he helped create it and you know he had a lot of trusted advisors around him that started this mj12 now once you then go from a change of presidency to eisenhower he won't have the same relationships so you know he's got when truman was in charge with world war ii i would have thought at his point it was like look let's keep the dogs at bay this committee could figure things out and they'll just report for me to me whenever i need to but obviously he's been right in the thick of things in the beginning so he can hold top secret information himself and I think then, once you've got this establishment of something like an MJ-12 in place with this information, and and it's got to make that more difficult for the next presidents moving along. Because I would imagine that the connection between the presidency and this committee just gets wider. Now, I think this is where this higher power starts. Now, in Eisenhower's leadership in his presidency he got to a point where he was demanding answers of what was going on in area 51 and he even got to a point where he threatened to send in the army by executive order to force access so that he could see for himself exactly what kind of experiments or what kind of intel they had in area 51 and rumor has it as well that he reported that he actually saw uh, uh, a spacecraft and this grey small human like figure behind a glass window did that satisfy his his need for what he wanted to look more maybe more than likely so Eisenhower's power was between 53 and 61 and it's quite famous as well and on his farewell address he mentions the military industrial complex and the rise of misplaced power and it shouldn't be allowed to take complete control and and he was really becoming very concerned at these dark forces that were arising having their own agendas and this higher power developing so he could see what was going on here and from Stephen Greer's podcast, YouTube videos and disclosure films, he was always mentioned about this higher power and you know, there are people beyond the, 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 prime, uh, the President of the United States. And this is where it starts. 
Um, so quite a lot has happened in even in his tenure. So Area 51, 1955, that came about, and NASA. He found he actually founded and 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 signed the executive agreements for NASA to become what it is today, and that happened in 1958. So we've got stuff coming on from interstellar galaxies and also our own space programs are you know coming to light so then as everyone would know after eisenhower 1961 a short-lived presidency until november 1963 jfk now it is said that eisenhower on his departure and his handing over the keys for the white house they warned you know he basically warned him of this impending higher power and he had you know he was just concerned he said look i don't know word for word obviously but apparently it was kind of like just kind of watch your back and, and understand what's going on behind the scenes now jfk was obviously he's a very he was a young president he had a huge interest in space. He was very inquisitive. And for sure, he wanted to know what was going on in Area 51 as well. Now, in May 1961, JFK actually made an announcement in that de- that basically in that decade, man would land on the moon. So in the 60s, at some point, man would land on the moon. And this was a massive race with Russia, or at the time, the Soviet Union, USSR. And... Obviously, the US were determined to get there first. Now, as you may already know, there was huge friction with um, the Soviets. There was a Cold War. um, And JFK was in talks to try and calm things down. And no, no one really wanted to go to war with Russia. And, you know, we're talking about nuclear warheads and, and that kind of thing. I mean, devastation to the highest, highest degree. So, Russia as well, instrumental in their space programs. I mean, they put the first satellite out in the, you know, out in the, um, out into space. And, you know, they were really up against, and, and I feel that they, they, they had massive interest in what was going on, you know, whether it was UFOs and ETs and, you know, space technology. So, to try and put, trying to obtain that peace with the soviets they put together this order or this memo he he tried to to put together and it basically instructed nasa to share and have a broader cooperation with the ussr when it comes to their space programs and advances including lunar landing programs and this memo was dated the 12th of november 1963 10 just 10 days before his assassination now obviously this was a way to kind of create this peaceful outcome and to um you know i suppose initially what they're trying to do is explore space and the moon together you know this kind of you know this merge of of the two higher powers of of um of these countries together however apparently in this fine print it was stated that the not only would they um, share their advances of and and include their lunar landing programs, it would also mean that they were confined in 
what their UFO secrets are as well with the Soviets. Now, MJ-12, they're putting their everything on the line in terms of keeping everything top secret. And this collaboration with the Soviets was a huge, huge concern for MJ-12. So, you know, if there are alien tech there available as well, that would be something that they'd be regarded to share. There's no way were they going to allow that. And particularly with the USSR. And if they want to get their hands on the tech in the wrong hands, it could destroy the human race or or and enable them to take control of the world. And would you really want someone like an Adolf Hitler to have that kind of power? And and in fact, there are, and I will look into this and, and discuss this later, but they reckon that Adolf Hitler actually had really advanced technology um, from said UFOs or, or ETs that um, that would this is why he tried to dominate and why he tried to take over the world at that, at that point because he would be able to come up with a concept to basically control the, the planet now obviously for some reason or another or how we done that I don't know maybe we attained that information before he had a chance to really implement it but, you know, again, you put something in the wrong hands, someone like Hitler, then, the, you know, world wars start and it's catastrophic for the entire planet. So, JFK and his collaboration with the USSR, was that his downfall? Very likely. I mean, conspiracies surround the assassination and that it was carried out by none other than the CIA themselves. You know, and let's not forget that the CIA are basically heading MJ-12. Or, you know, they're almost one in the same thing, if, if nothing else. So the thought that implicates, you know, uh, uh, the implications to share these truly top-secret information with anyone, let alone the USSR, was never going to be allowed. And it would require extensive action to combat this threat. I mean, the CIA possibly framed the whole assassination on Russia to divert the sense. Because, you know, on one hand, the CIA have taken out uh, JFK because of his uh, nosiness or his inclination to want to get information about Area 51 and what's going on with the space programs and, and that kind of thing. And on the second factor Russia have done it because he hasn't fulfilled what he'd promised he was going to do and obviously this whole Cold War thing going on and you know this conflict of interest so that also now I mean if you remember from the episode from the Dr. Stephen Greer we were speaking about Marilyn Monroe and you know she was found dead and they said it was an overdose well rumour has it that in fact, she was talking and her phone was tapped and she was talking to the president, JFK at the time, and was discussing about said, um, you know, UFOs and, and extraterrestrial life forms and what he'd been exposed to, or what he'd known in his knowledge, and that she was going to go public with it if she didn't get her own way. And lo and behold, the next day she was found dead. So, you know, again, 
something that the power to be or the powers that be we're just not going to let this information go to the public now there's said to be a document that um that was found so mj12 had this documentation that is about a nine page document and they put it together and apparently they tried to burn it but it got saved from this fire and only parts of it were were destroyed but there was enough on there that you could read the whole document and there was a couple of really kind of key points to this document and one page so page one has stated lancer which is what they say is a code name for president jfk has made some inquiries into our um, activities that we cannot allow and then another page which was probably the most chilling when conditions become non-conductive for growth in our environment and washington cannot be influenced any further the weather is lacking any precipitation and it should be wet and wet is a term that's normally associated with wet work which covertly is to covertly kill or, or assassinate someone and basically if kennedy doesn't play ball then he'll have to be taken out now as i said you know he was a young inquisitive man and He's likely to be answering a lot of questions when it came to Area 51, UFOs, greys, all the technologies. Element 115, this is that super nuclear power that's small but endless. The energy is just endless. And then proposing to share space technology with the USSR. And if there's alien tech available, would it be on the table too? Absolutely no way. Every step would be done to prevent that from happening so mj12 was a creation that became totally out of control even for the president of the united states of america now that's pretty scary and that's it in its infancy so following jfk's assassination in 63 and it took a while longer like quite a while longer so in 1978 there was a house select committee of or on assassinations and the investigation was into the jfk murder and it included two specific pieces of information number one was the acoustical evidence that establishes a high probability that two gunmen fired at the president and i've heard this before so there was two different gunshots from two different points to take out the president and not one which they said was this Lee Harvey Oswald Oswald sorry and number two was that JFK was probably assassinated as a result of a conspiracy now this has come from like a legal um, government official document So, you know, that really kind of thinks, well, he was, he probably would have changed a lot of things in America if he was still around, but, you know, would it have been for the better? I don't know, you know, would we be talking about many different things right now? Probably, um, you know, I think President Clinton, he's been one to try and do these executive orders and try and establish more information and saying that he'll do whatever he can to tell the public um you know what's going on in these top secret areas and 
I think that's really fell flat on his face on that many a time. So since JFK then, he, he announced that man would reach the moon in the 60s. And, you know, that happened almost six years after his death. Um, so the moon land has obviously happened in 69 under Nixon. And to my knowledge, actually, and I think to our knowledge as a everyone's public knowledge, nothing's been manned. No man-made missions have been to the moon since 1972 almost 50 years after the event now that could tell us a couple of things now there's obviously a speculation that the moon landing actually never happened at all or they did and they discover something extraordinary or extraterrestrial and kept it under wraps from that point on and I say 50 years and nothing more. You'd expect that either something would happen or they would maybe do some more exploration from that point or show us some more things that was on, you know, going on on the other side of, you know, because they would talk about this dark side of the moon and, and certain things have been found there. It's possible. And, you know, there's even statements from Buzz Aldrin saying that, you know, he's seen uh, UFOs and, and some weird stuff when he's been in space. And, you know, with all of this advanced technology that we have, and we've advanced very quickly over the last, I don't know, 60 years, 70 years. Um, but that kind of led me to, and I watched this other uh, interview, and this was with Dr. Stephen Greer again, and there was an ex-serviceman from the National Coast Guard. Anyway, he he only come up with or only announced this revelation last year but he'd been into he saw what what he had explained happened in 2001 and basically he was um so he was an ex-serviceman with the national coast guard out in the um Mar uh, the mariana trench so like in the um pacific ocean and there's a, a naval base very uh, guam naval base it's very very close by anyway this fishing trawler um, was trawling for fish obviously and had a massive net and was trawling in the deep deep ocean and apparently they'd caught something something of significance anyway this was immediately reported from this military base camp and they told the National Coast Guard like you know you've got to um, intercept this object from this boat immediately so you've got to go and track it down stop it from it where it's going don't let it go anywhere so they went up found this trawler and they were speaking obviously in different language because i think you know it's it's out towards um indonesia and they pulled this um pulled up to their ship and then they pulled up what was on or caught up in their nets and it was this massive I think it was about 25 foot or something like this uh, metal object, like a flying spacecraft of sorts, but something they'd never seen before. So they pulled it up onto their trawler, onto their boat, and like literally, like it was so quick, he said that the military um, had come by and, and boarded their ship to obtain control. So 
I don't know how many people on the boat or on the ship that were recovering this object from this other trawler, but anyone who had no authority had to stay down below deck and weren't allowed to come up to surface at all until they were given the green light and only ranking officers or ranking um, guards or military were allowed to stay up on the top deck and they started covering this object up and this guy had said that he'd obviously never seen anything like it before in his life it was a solid disc shaped flying object so there was no rivets no seams um, the material was very 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 you know like you couldn't scratch it with anything you know you could run diamonds across it it just would not scratch the surface there was no opening doors or anything that could be seen and you know it, he said it was just very very strange and that obviously the military had been there and quickly kind of said look you haven't seen what's going on they had to sign disclosure forms saying that you know you're not allowed to discuss this ever in your entire life to anyone even loved ones um you know and there was threats of like you know basically if you uh, you know let this information go you, your life could be under threat basically and for years he had to live with this and he really wasn't comfortable with it and he was getting depressed and you know ended up ending his marriage he lost his job but during his time in the and and obviously discussing this with some of the people that he was allowed to that were basically in on the same um, boat as he was at the time he befriended this navy seal and um he was still a navy seal and he stayed you know doing this job and you know they were friends for quite a long time and you know they would talk to each other quite a lot they'd go out and play pool and you know have a couple of drinks or whatever anyway he was saying that he had this his friend that wasn't just wasn't himself and he was a bit kind of moody and a bit depressed and stuff and he hadn't seen him for a little while and he kind of asked him what was wrong and then he said oh i've just come back from a from a secret mission but you can't tell anyone what it was and he said well what is it and he said that he'd been to the moon for the, he'd just been come back from the moon he was up there for two weeks <laughs> he was like yeah whatever i've just come back from mars like messing about and this guy was dead serious like no seriously I've, i'm not joking if you're going to take the if you're going to take the piss i won't talk about it so he basically had said that there were lots of things going on in space and going to the moon and stuff that are happening right now to this day that we have not got an absolute clue about and that's quite fascinating like i want to believe it because i just think well, so there is something going on do you know what i mean like what is it um so it just goes to show there's probably a lot more than meets the eye when it comes to uh, our involvement with intergalactic bits and pieces so um i've just found that really interesting so yeah majestic 12 this higher power is definitely them and their separation and their highest power has come about just purely on the basis that over time the presidents have lost their um, involvement or their respect I suppose from 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 these agencies that are basically taken the law and the power into their own hands and now that they've got this technology and the reason why we don't know about it at the moment or why we're not using this free energy is purely based on the fact that 
they can't control what this energy is. They don't understand it enough yet. Um, not only would it write off billions of pounds on trillions of pounds on the markets, but in the wrong hands, be absolutely devastating to the human race. Um, anyway, that fascinated me. MJ12, the whole thing, I think that is pretty um, pretty amazing. I'm going to delve into it slightly more and I'm going to look at all the other bits and pieces involved with that. Um, so I'm going to leave it there for this episode. And I've got some other bits and pieces from Dr. Stephen Greer that I've been watching and I think you probably find very interesting. It's been great to be back. I've really enjoyed this one. I hope that you guys have too and I look forward to giving you my next episode in just a couple of weeks. Take care everyone, thanks for listening.